EXPDET, a lifestyle magazine and podcast bringing you the best of what Detroit has to offer. I'm your host, Lou Goldhaber, and thank you for joining us on part three of this very special three-part podcast series featuring five exceptional Detroit artists and changemakers. In honor of National Podcast Day, we're sitting here live at the Lisa Spindler Studio on Woodward Avenue in downtown Detroit, and we're talking with my dear friend, Lisa Spindler, who's an artist, a photographer, a collector, but we're not alone. Lisa brought us some fire, some incredible women who I cannot wait to introduce you to, to tell you their stories. So in part three of this series, we're talking with changemakers Lisa, Deirdre, DSS Sense, Smith, and Melissa T. Parks. Hi, ladies. Hi. Hi. How are you? Oh, that sounded so good. Hi, ladies. Hi. I love that. I love that. First of all, thank you guys so much for taking times out of your day to do this. This is so much fun. And how awesome is this venue? Yes, it's extraordinarily this awesome. This is amazing this amazing is, this is the highlight of detroit right here at lisa's studio i mean look at we're sitting on woodward avenue we're sitting on woodward. there's buildings lit up cars are driving by people are wondering what the heck are we doing and i'm surrounded by these really cool people so welcome thank, thank you. you thank you for having us all right so first off i want to start off with lisa i start every podcast with lisa and i know it makes her crazy but we're going to do it again i want to introduce the world to lisa because it's really incredible what you've done in this town and where we are we are in your private studio which i want you to educate people the difference between a gallery and a studio and your work is all over the city it's in some of our buildings it's in restaurants and hotels people have come to know you so i want you to tell the world where we are why this is so important to you and where we can find you around the city well we're on woodward avenue in the original Lane Bryant clothing store. And this is the center of a lot of things that's happening downtown right now. Um, this is my studio. I used to be in Corktown, which is when I first met these lovely ladies. And I loved Corktown. And I was in a building, a private building on a third floor with an elevator. And you couldn't get to me. And now um, I am on Woodward, where many people from all around the world are coming so it's very different being here, but I'm a studio. I have a studio, which, which is where I work, which is very different than a gallery. So there's, it's confusing to people that are visiting here because they look through the windows and they see all the artwork and they think it's a gallery. And I wish I could open the doors to them and talk to them all the time. And I do once in a while, but it takes me away from my work. So it's kind of, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a hard situation to be in where I want people to see what we're doing, which is why we are opening tomorrow for Eric. Um, but it's really my working studio. And um, I, I was in Corktown for a long time and had to move out of the building because they had to do a lot of construction work there to renovate it. So this is where I am now. And your work's all over the city. Well, I've been don't around. Be, don't be humble. Tell <laughs> I've everybody. been around for a very long time, and I'm just really grateful that the the projects that I've been working on, which are everything from restaurants to hotels to some private residential places here in Detroit, um, that I have a, a large enough archive to work with all these different people. So, so cool. So I want to introduce these incredible women that you introduced to me, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we decided we were going to do this. And I'll be honest, I've been still reading your bios. It took me like three weeks to read your bios because <laughs> they're like page after page of amazing, amazing things. So I want to introduce you both. So we got Deirdre DSS Sense Smith. You're a creator and facilitator of the inclusion program. Okay. Yes. Inclusion Cypher program. You're an MC, you're mm -hmm. a spoken word artist, you're mm -hmm. an educator, and you're an activist. Mm -hmm. All those things. Mm -hmm. Okay. But not to be all done, we have Melissa T. Parks, who's a mom, an artist with over 30 year career in teaching, social entrepreneurship, and even created this incredible program called the Art and Soul Dreams, right? 
Correct. So, okay. So let me just stop there by saying when I was done reading your bios, I felt incredibly inadequate. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what have I been doing with my life for the last, you know, 39 years? And I just want to say kudos to you guys for doing such incredible work Thank and you. obviously Thank you. mastering your, mastering your calendar, which Thank I don't you. know how you do it. Yeah. So Thank you. super cool. So let's start off with both of you just kind of telling me about your journey. I want to hear how you got started and what's your passion. So Deirdre, let's start with you. Well, um, I got started. I'm a native Detroiter, east side of Detroit. I have a passion for my city and a passion for art. And um, I started off my first job was with the 4-H Community Center. So all I know is art and community and agriculture and things of that nature. And um, that upbringing brought me into a career of a very heart-centered, very creative-minded type of profession. And so that led me into my work with LGBTQ uh, at-risk youth at Ruth Ellis Center. And um, I've also cultivated my um, artistry through open mics throughout Detroit, one of which um, led me to the Motown Museum's finalist for the Motown Slam, which is where I met Lisa Spindler. And um, I think uh, to, just to sum it all up, I just have a passion for my city and I exude it through both my artistry and just my presence alone. So cool. Tell us about your journey. So I'm an art teacher and a mother and an artist, and my passions revolve around kids and art. And so I was looking for being able to do something more with my talents and my skills. And we went on vacation where we could actually sit still long enough. And I saw an exhibit of children and it changed my life. And we read stories of 17 children on our way home from Rhode Island in the car, and they all needed adoption. And when I came back to Michigan, I started investigating in what that, um, what Michigan does. And I called Rhode Island, and she, the director of the Rhode Island, um, came to Michigan, was coming to Detroit, met with me, and um, met with me for three hours. And here we are today, four years later. So you guys have such unique backgrounds, but yet for those of you who are listening at home, these women know each other. So this yeah. is not like <laughs> yeah. three yeah. random strangers. Right. Right. So right. I want you guys to talk about like how did your creative worlds collide? Because when you guys all came in, there were hugs flying and people knew <laughs> yeah. each other. So yeah. how did you guys all connect? True. True. I'd like to say how I met Deirdre. Um, I went some, I can't remember who I went with. Someone had an extra ticket to the, at the music hall it was the open, what was it? The uh, Motown Museum's uh, Motown Slam finalist. Okay. Uh, Motown Slam. I didn't even know what that meant. I said, I'm going to go. It sounds fun. And here I, I, I'm watching this. Um, it's like a contest where people are going up there and spoken word and rap. And this woman gets up and she was so powerful. It was Deirdre. It's so powerful. I literally felt like. Uh, waves of, you know, just all that energy going through my body. So at, I thought for sure she was going to win. I knew it for sure. I had a front row seat and I was like, oh my God, that woman was incredible. I remember saying, and at the end when they announced the winner, she didn't win. But I said to my friend, whoever gave me that ticket, I said, could you wait in the lobby? I will be back. I have to meet this woman. And I'll never forget going up to her and telling her, you know what? You were the best. First of all, thank you for doing it. You were so incredible. I was incredibly moved. I gave her my card and I said, I just, I want to know who you are. I want to know your story and I I won't forget you. And I, I just felt in my heart like I just wanted someday to be able to help her. So 
little did I know we'd become friends over the, the those few years, and we did lose touch recently. A lot of things we both were going through, and I was going through a move. But um, I just, when I heard her rap and what she had to say, I saw her a couple times. It still was the most moving, powerful experience I've had um, hearing a woman like that talk through, literally, it was like through her. Um, uh, she spoke such deep feelings and words about Detroit and her life and, and just truth. And the truth was very powerful. So here we are today. And one reason why I chose her to speak is because I wanted I wanted Detroit, uh, people know in Detroit, the cool people know who she is, but I wanted more people to be aware of who she is and, and help expose that to them. Um, and, and Melissa, I just have to say, from the moment I met Melissa, when she approached me about photographing some of these children, the child that I first photographed for her project was so moving that I even looked into, like, what would it take to adopt a child and, and met with uh, a woman at the agency. It was the most beautiful experience, and it get, brought me to tears at the end of the shoot. And I believe that what she's doing is making a big change uh, in helping children get adopted in her organization. What incredible stories. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many amazing people doing so many amazing things in this town, but the fact that all three of you found each other through different avenues I mean, how does that feel? I mean, what does that make you think about Detroit? Oh, it's amazing. So the first time I met Deidre, we went to the LGBTQ Ruth Ellis Center, and she was a youth specialist. 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 And I came to do some artwork with the kids. Um, I had heard them, um, had heard about them when Nick Cave was in town and found out that it's one of two foster care homes in the country at the time, four years ago. And I was like, I have to get involved. I have to do art with these kids. They are amazing. So I met Deidre there, and we got done doing artwork with the kids. And I sa- she says, you remind me of someone. And I said, she says, Lisa. And I said, Lisa who? She says, Lisa Spindler. I said, well, Lisa's my friend. <laughs> so yes. Um, yes. that's how... The three of us. Yeah, just, they had the same I, I energy. I feel so honored because now I'm going to be like, well, I'm your friend. Yes. <laughs> right? Are we now connected? Right. Through yes. Isn't that amazing yeah. how yes. they met and they didn't know they were each friends of mine? Absolutely. That's like how it happens, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's so the like-minded of, women. It's the energy. It's the energy. I, I picked up on it and said, this feels familiar. Right. You know, I said, do you really feel familiar? You remind me of somebody. And sure enough, there's the six degrees of separation. Yeah, six degrees of separation. I, I believe for that. Sure. We've probably all met yes. somewhere before, mm-hmm. and yes. I, I truly believe that. So, I, Deirdre, I want to focus on your program for a minute, yes. just to get started, and, and we're going to come back to Melissa in a second. But you started this really cool program, and I want mm-hmm. you to tell people about it because it it's really designed to use spoken word and mm-hmm. and 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 being an MC to let kids express themselves mm-hmm. through, for all various reasons. I want you to tell them why you created this program and why you feel so passionately about it. Oh, absolutely. So. Um, you guys are familiar with the inclusion cipher, which is actually derived from a larger uh, workshop entitled Simis, that speak your mind, mind your speech, recognizing the power through your words. And so what I do is I apply the principles and elements of hip hop and apply them to community outreach, community building and restorative justice. And so with the inclusion cipher in particular, I've taken the um, cipher of hip hop. We know it as standing in the cipher and rhyming, seeing who has the sharpest skills as far as hip hop is concerned. But I wanted to incorporate that community restorative justice uh, aspect to it. And when I'm conducting the inclusion cipher, I want to drive home to an intergenerational audience, not just youth, 
the importance of your presence. If we remove anybody from this table now, it would disrupt the energy and the flow of this show. If we break the cipher, it would disrupt everything that we're trying to do here on this podcast. It's no different when you go into your communities. If I remove any particular person from a community, no matter how insignificant they believe themselves to be or how important they believe themselves to be, if we remove them, there's an effect to the whole community. So I, um, I struggle with secondhand trauma with uh, some of my youth who had, su- had, had suicide attempts. And I wanted to um, convey to them the importance of their presence. What better way than to put, put them in the continuum of, continuum of energy, which is what the cipher represents ultimately. Be it the inclusion cipher and hip hop cipher, you're, you're, you're being a part of a continuum of energy. And if you should ever break it, it's no longer a cipher or a connection. So how does the program work? I mean, how do the, the kids program, find you? Do you yeah. find them? No, they, um, well, oddly enough, my artist brought me into the halls of academia. Um, you know, I'm, I'm finishing up a degree right now, actually, in science and business. I'll be finished this month. But um, I've um, performed and people would say, I see more for you. Would you come speak to my youth or would you come speak to my whomever the audience is? And I would do so. And from that, um, I didn't just want kids to think that it's just cool to rhyme and, you know, you get the applause and you're a star. It's, it's Hip hop is deeper than that. You live it. It's a culture that's um, also a lifestyle. So if you're concerned about community and you're concerned about the well-being of your community, you become active. To be hip is to be informed. To hop is to take action once you've been informed. So that's the whole purpose of me interacting first through the arts and then sliding a little education in there. So I call myself an artivist so I can I can incorporate I like education, oh, activism and artistry. So what type of organizations, I assume you have great partners, people that yeah, you work with, like yeah. what are, how do you make this whole thing happen? Yeah, so I do contractual work. It's just what I prefer. I can dip in and dip out at my leisure. Uh, so <laughs> Smart businesswoman, yeah. I like it. I <laughs> Absolutely. Like it. So I recently stepped away from my youth specialist position, but I still do contractual work with the Ruth Ellis Center, which is a nonprofit organization that focuses on LGBTQ youth. I've also done work with Wayne State University, Michigan State University. Uh, I'll be at... Um, U of M uh, in November, and I've done uh, the Next Level program with the State's Department in D.C., and that was under the uh, University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill's Next Level program with Dr. Katz. So I've, I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere, and if I'm not doing that, I'm kicking back, having a few laughs, uh, you know, just... I love that. Just it. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a great a testament because, you know, yeah. these programs, the, the people you partner with, the people that help you build yeah. what you're trying to do, it's so yeah. incredibly important. Yeah. Melissa, we're going to talk to her about her yeah. and what she's doing. And I'm sure it's the same thing, right? You need yeah. amazing partners. And this town you, is just so you great You need sincerity. True. There have been partnerships that you uh, would think would be amazing. But if there isn't a sincerity in it, it's, it's short-lived. There's no fruit. You know, it's a futile effort. Nothing becomes of it because there's no sincerity. And when we do what we do, uh, the ladies at this table is very heart based. And um, prior to having the creativity even emerge, you have to have a sincerity and a passion for it. That's the only way we could bring this forth. So it's not just something that I do. It's an actual extension of me. And when I um, when I conduct my um, workshops, when I facilitate, I'm actually in this thing. I'm, I'm healing myself as well. There's still some things that I'm reflecting on and trying to get right. And I want people to know that this is not only a workshop, but a testimony. I've been where you are. Don't ever get it misconstrued. I've been where you are. 
And these tools have helped me. My artistry has helped me out of a funk, out of the dark place. And hopefully, you know, if you participate, it'll help you. And it's just about controlling your narrative. So let's elaborate. So you're an MC. And yes. This is what you do. You express yourself through spoken word. Yes. Like, why do you believe that this is the right avenue to be self-reflective and proactive and raise awareness about all these meaningful things you talked about? Like, why is it that discipline? Why is it not film? Why is it not? Why is being an MC so crucial to that mission? The voice, the human voice, nothing sends you into a deeper panic than losing your voice. Why? Why does it? Because it, it makes your ability to convey very important messages limited. It, it, if, if I can get to you with my words, it means far more than getting to you with a gift or with violence. If I can first talk to you and you hear me through language, that means far more than anything. So when I lose my voice, I lose my narrative. I lose my connection to you. I lose all those things. So I just want to bring people back into using their voices. I actually will perform more acapella. I started with the band and then sometimes I'll perform acapella because it's the importance of the human voice. There's a connectivity there when you use your voice. All right. So, so yeah. let, me, let me play off that because mm -hmm. ladies, we're in acapella right now. That's right. Are we uh -huh. not? That's Correct. right. So can you kind of bless us with a little something? That's right. Oh, she Give me right. something. She knows how. I say, yo, I ain't going to lie. Life is hard and demons try to taunt you like, where's your God, huh? I reply, I'ma show you what the faith do. Constantine dripping with the Byzantine Jesus. Hey, you ever seen a Technicolor coat on the goat of Detroit with the flow? Shall I gloat? I guess you could say the rhymes that I wrote is 80% fact and 20% hope. The industry today is 20% yes, 30% whack, 50% nope. Mm. They forget long trip on boats of the slave noose looking like a gold chain rope. How do you explain dope? Does it have me in it? How you gonna leave D out the end, greedy end? Y'all hell bent on disproving the flow. It's heaven sent. It's sick. Leave it straight. Jack and bent. Let me bent. I'm on my Detroit everything. Been on my Detroit everything. Get on your Detroit everything. So clean on my Detroit everything. Hey, get on your Detroit everything. Uh, I'm on my Detroit everything. Hey, get on your Detroit everything. So clean on my Detroit everything. Woo! <laughs> Oh, All right. Yeah. Well, Lisa okay. just said shit. Um, she's leaning back in her chair. Melissa's got a grin from ear to yeah. ear, and I'm not sure how I could top that. Um, no. That was awesome. Thank yeah. you for blessing our podcast with that little Thank something, you. something. Thank you. I know. Sweet. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That, that was great. That's that tip is, of the iceberg. That was pure that, fire. Love that. You. So, Melissa, I want to switch gears yes. to you. I'm not going to ask okay. you to rap. Don't worry. Uh, please. But your work yeah. is no less important and incredibly, incredibly right. meaningful and impactful. So, you started this incredible nonprofit, right? right? Art and Soul Dreams. Right. And it's dedicated to connecting families and children, particularly in the Michigan foster care system. Right. So, how did that become your passion? You mentioned kind of a little bit of the story, but right. I really want to dig deep on where it all started. So, I I'm about kids. And um, when I saw children um, and real, you have to be able to sit still long enough to absorb what you're really seeing and then process it. And so what better time than on vacation when you're sitting still and you have time to sit back and reflect? So in the car ride home, we read the stories. There was a booklet, and we read the stories of 17 children on our ride home. And we cried for all of them, and it was the whole family. 
and we got home and um, I just I went to a professional development and we were asked what our hopes and dreams in the next 10 years for Oakland County and I was like well I'm only about kids and art and came home and there was the booklet and I said well I don't see these children I, I once in a while see them on um, the news, do a little talk. But after that, I don't know how to, I, I can't find them again. I don't know what that. So I just thought if people could just see children for children with no labels attached, we could change the, the landscape of how they see children, just children. I don't want a label attached to the children. So... Um, I went to a school barbecue and I pitched the idea to a friend of mine and she took both my hands and she said, you've been put on earth to do this. And she walked away and she said, and get really good photographers. And I went, oh, oh, I put on earth to do this. Wow. And good photographers. All right. Okay. So I'm an artist. I love paintings and sculpture. I didn't know any photographers. Now I have a whole slew of photography friends. Um, Lisa being the first. So I called Lisa, and she said, sure, I'll meet with you. And instantly meeting her, I knew um, there was a connection. There was the warmth. There was the authenticity. Um, there was no judgment that I'm, you know, a teacher, and I'm going to try and do s- this big project. Um, she believed, and we cried over Jake on page 8. Um, I brought the booklet, and it's uh, Jake on page eight had never been um, to a restaurant, out to dinner, and um, it. He said, um, "I don't care if I'm the oldest, the youngest, or in the middle. All I've ever wanted is a forever family." And we cried over Jake on page eight together, and um, woman to woman, we talked about um, what this means to take in a, a child and how um, transformative our culture, our world would be if we could see all children and we could love all children equally. And so um, everybody can um, do something. Um, What I wanted to do by downsizing the exhibit to say 14 so we have 14 children in our exhibit so so tell everyone what the exhibit is i mean so the exhibit are children that are in foster care that are in looking for a forever family so for whatever reason their parents have not been able to fulfill their obligation and being their parents so they are in um, the foster care system in michigan so we partner with award-winning photographers, recognized photographers, iconic photographers like Lisa, and each one is um, partnered with a child, and they photograph the child, and they create an experience with the child and um, capture, capture the essence of who that child is. And then we put together a photo exhibit, and it travels to a different location every month, raising the consciousness of people. And initially, when I ask people, what do you see? They go, oh, I see love. I see family. I see hope. I see future. And then they get a little confused because we have a success story in there, somebody who has been adopted or who was adopted. Um, And so they're in with the exhibit. And so people, they can't quite figure it out. And then we hand them the booklet. So what are the the photographs? what, What do they look like? Oh, are they like children. Candid photos, or are they? Um, some are. Um, 
it's whatever, you know, photographers, this is what they do. They capture our world and um, they make it visible. So what these photographers do is they make these children visible and um, normally they're invisible and we bring them visible into the light so everybody can see them. And then we put them in places that you would least expect it. it might be a hair salon, might be a retail establishment, might be a hospital. Um, where else have we been? Um, well, I was going to ask you, like, what's the most unconventional s- place you've taken um, it? Maybe a hair salon, which was great because as you're getting your hair done, um, there's new people coming in every day. And so that conversation gets started. Well, I wonder who these children are. Oh, they're in Michigan Foster. Oh, and they're older children. So ages 11 to 17. So these are the hardest to place children because most times people think of children as little um, and not bringing in a teenager. So helping um, change that paradigm shift. um, We've all been a child. We all have that paradigm where we come from being a child. We all know what that felt like because we've all been there. So how do we get, how do we change the landscape of foster care? And how big is this exhibit? Um, we have 14 photos and we travel to a different location every month. So right now we're at Sinai Grace Hospital right downtown. And today I dropped off the exhibit at the Third Circuit Court. So um, they put it throughout all of their offices on the seventh floor and put booklets out and the conversation already starts. So as I'm setting up and people go, oh, oh, these kids. And I say, oh, and look, she's right here in, um, she's local and, you know, she could use a mentor. And two ladies say, oh, well, um, we could do it together. And I'm like, oh, that would be amazing. So when we have our event at Gorman's Furniture in Southfield, you guys could come and meet her. And then we could set this all up and get you trained. And you need to put like Deirdre next to the exhibit and have her oh. wrap. <laughs> oh, for I mean, sure. that'll get people to stop. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. She's always invited. I mean, right? That would be like incredible. We get like Lisa there. We get, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll like stand in the corner and pretend to do something cool. Right. And, you know, you rap and like, we'll just make it happen. You're right. So we always have live music at our events because kids love music and we do, um, we host events for the kids and we host them in an authentic way that allows them to create something, some kind of memory that they can hold on to and they can remember. So when they feel that way again, they can identify that and know that that is a good feeling and then they can move forward with that good feeling. And um, so we've done drumming with the kids and that's and that energy and that, you know how that is, right? And that how it resonates and just goes through your body and they just begin smiling and having the gr- grandest time and forgetting about um, what brings them all together because they don't have a family. They don't have a mom that tucks them in at night. So why do you believe that this program is just so important for our culture? I mean, it's one particular issue, but I think it kind of resonates with something much bigger. So tell um, me, tell me why is this so children crucial? children are our world. And um, like we like to say, every child is a work of art and we're all equal. So it doesn't matter um, if you run the corporation or if you clean the corporation. We're all equal. We all play a part. And the children that are least visible play a very important part. 
and we all matter, and especially these children. And they've given me so much um, through this work. Um, I want everyone to um, know the power that these children can provide in your life, and everything will be elevated by participating in a child's life that needs to be seen and valued and to know that they are enough just being them. They are enough. So that's pretty powerful. I mean, I can see in your face how much this means to you. And your work really crosses over yes, a lot. Yes. yes. <laughs> yes. We all. Um, yes, it is. We yeah. get together and we just talk in goosebumps. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, we just, we well, all, I just got goosebumps. It kind of goes back to where I said I feel really inadequate when I'm around you guys because, I mean, everything you're doing is just such incredible, impactful work. And in this city of all cities, I mean, these are the types of programs that really move the needle. So mm-hmm. I want to switch gears just a little bit just on a lighter note to talk about Detroit. Right. Yes. So you guys are residents in the city, yes. living and breathing it every single day. I mean, how do you guys feel about what's going on in this city? Oh, I love the energy. I mean, um, you were speaking about Cass earlier, Lisa, and I remember coming in college and it was like dangerous. And now I ca- I don't come for a month and I come back and drive down Cass. I'm like, oh, there's, an, uh, there's something new. I mean, I... I was away too long. <laughs> I mean, it's um, it's powerful. It's exciting and it it's contagious, and so people um, are friendly. They talk to each other. Um, they talk about exciting things, and if um, that everybody's always talking about what's happening in Detroit and what are you going to do this weekend? Where are you going to go? And what did you, did you go to Eastern market? And did you go to murals in the market and just everything going on? How about for you? Um, for me, it's uh, bittersweet. The gentrification aspect of it is, you know, it's taking a toll on a lot of people that I love and know. And um, yeah. change happens. Change is necessary. I like to say renewal because revitalization means something died. We don't mm. need to be revived. We've been here. Um, I think as well as the um, people coming in, they should feel welcome. It's enough room for everybody, but don't forsake the people that have sustained. Don't don't forsake them. So I love um, all the new additions and everything that's happening, but the heartbreaking side of that is there's a lot of people that have had wonderful things going here for decades, um, le- legacies that are being displaced. Mm. My friend here, Lisa Spindler, I've experienced that firsthand. <laughs> It's funny. It's a hard subject to talk about, but I have to agree with her a hundred percent. Even my parents and I talked about it. The people that have been here for so long, so many of them that I've known have lost their studios or they couldn't afford to live where they, or their rents went up if they were renting or just something. And it's just, that's the part that's hard. So it's bittersweet. That's exactly, I couldn't agree with her more. And, um, it's hard to hold on to what you've worked so hard for my whole, you know, your whole life. You know, I've been fortunate, but, but I had a lot of people help me just to be able to continue on because there were many times that I almost lost everything. And um, 
Yeah, I'd have to say the people that were here and that, that are from here, that have lived here, that kind of persevered through the hardship, it's hard for them. I want it's hard for them to see some of the things that are happening because they're not participant in them, and um, so there's there's the good, but it's 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 equaled with some of the negative. So it's hard. It's yeah, hard. and I, I understand that. Um, you know, as an artist, as a, mm-hmm. a hip hop artist, how how would you describe the scene? I mean, is is mm-hmm. it you know we all know kind of what we see in the movies Eight Mile, and but I know that there's so much more to it than that. I and mean, what's the hip hop scene like in Detroit? The hip hop scene was uh, one of the biggest components as far as uh, sustainability. I remember being interviewed by a um, documentary team, both from France and um, I want to say Berlin. I'm, I'm not I sure. Germany, I can't remember Germany. Right? I think yeah, yes, Germany. So I I remember saying maybe I should take a step away from Detroit for a spell just to you know see what life is like outside of it and and maybe um, have a better reception to my art. And I remember being photographed right here at the old train station and the photographer at the time she was with child and she lowered her camera. She said, don't, she said the rest of the world is coming into what Detroit is emerging out of. And mind you, um, one of the documentaries was called Detroit ghost city, but really was it, you know, and um, we were uh, about to get the emergency manager and everything. And it just looked bleak, but the community, as far as hip hop was concerned, we were thriving. I mean, that's what hip hop is. You take what nothing and turn it into something. You see the potential in everything at things that are perceived as dead, worthless, poor, broke, all the, all those things you take it and you dust it off and you make something of it. That's, that's the ingenuity within hip hop. And, um, I think, um, the, the hip hop community was able to sustain themselves because we have a, a different perception. We're like, we're like um, anchors, news anchors. We bring what's happening in our communities to the rest of the world. So we have a different perspective. And I think we were able to see that there was a, a, a trick. If they can convince us that Detroit was worthless and to throw it down, throw it away. That's the quickest way for somebody else to come take your gold. If they can convince you that your gold is trash, they'll come behind you and pick it up. And unfortunately, a lot of Detroiters fell for that. But it was very systematic what happened. Um, you know, so I think uh, the the hip hop artists, being that we we knew how to make something out of nothing, we were able to stick it out. So it's alive and well. Yeah. Thriving. Thriving. I love that. Even in the midst of. I love it. I yeah. love it. So. I kind of asked the other, you know, guests when we were on future, you know, previous episodes, yes. kind of what would be their elevator pitch to people who aren't in this town, right? If you were going to tell them, you know, what's the spirit of the city and why they should be here, I want each to give me kind of your perspective on the pitch. I would say Detroit is a town of tenacity, perseverance, and resilience, and it welcomes you if you're good to it. I like that. Oh, that was good. Uh, the word that came to mind was resilient. And um, there's an energy and a growth mindset. And like I said earlier, contagious. I think people want to come check out what it looks like a city that is being, um, that's growing. Yeah. Lisa, what about you? Uh, after hearing all that, <laughs> it's hard to you come say up ditto. because yeah. it's like everything they're saying is exactly how I feel as well. Um, 
I just think people need to come here. And I just think they, they're, they're all, always like, it's so much better than what they even expected. You know, they, they're hearing about it and they're coming here and then they just start. I've never heard one knock on wood, not one negative comment from the people, everybody that's knocking on my door here and there, I'll first ask them, oh, so are you from Detroit or are you, are you from out of town? And the ones, 80% of the time it's out of town. And then I'll say, why are you here? And then they'll tell me either they wanted to see the city or there's a, an event going on here they had to come to. And I'll say, so what do you think? And they all, each one of them said, it's amazing. Oh, we're having a great time. Um, it's so beautiful. And then a lot of them are curious to know what's outside of the downtown area. And they don't have time to venture. because the yeah, yeah, right. But, you know, that's a conversation. And I tell them the truth of how I feel about it. So I said, you're only seeing a small part. You know, you're seeing a very vibrant part. But really on the out, outside, it's starting to spread out a little bit, but it's got a long way to go, you know. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, when I, like, I'm not a native Detroiter. I moved here from Chicago six years ago. And I just tell people, you just got to get here. Because, and I'm from Pittsburgh, for those out there who don't know where I'm from. And we went through something very similar. It was a, you know, a, a city that went through hard times and came back on the other side. And every time people come, they go, I can't believe what I experienced when I went there. And I think Detroit is now in that place where when people come, they leave and they go, the look of kind of like excited shock of like, <laughs> I want to go tell people right. to come to Detroit right. because it's cool. And, and it's, and it's got a spirit that's unique and not even by being from here, I call Detroit home and it feels like home. I just got to say one more thing, just close to my heart is I just worry that Detroit, I hope that Detroit doesn't lose all the reasons why people want to come here. They hear about it, how cool it is and authentic and the, and the, the music scene and, and the artists and everything. And um, it's a fine line of what you balance, you know, especially downtown here. I think it really, people are coming here and they want to know all the cool places to go to. But if we lose some of those cool places, it will be, you know, it'd be really a, a sad and time. It's just like yeah. every other place. Like right? every other place. Yeah. Right. But, so I, but, I will tell you, but we've you got need. a nice mix right now. I do. And I will tell um, you but, that Detroit but, has something going for it that many cities don't and that it has a soul. Many no. cities do oh, not have a soul, sure. and Detroit mm-hmm. does. That's true. Um, and true, I don't no think doubt. it's ever going to lose that. Good, bad, or indifferent. Mm-hmm. People are proud that are from here. I've, I experienced that firsthand. And they walk yeah. around with a badge of honor that they're from this great city. And mm-hmm. I I get excited just to meet people who are native because I'm not. And I wear that badge proudly now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so on that note, I want to go to the lightning round. Okay? okay. We're, right. we're in the home stretch, ladies. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> So we're going to go around the horn. I want you to think hard, Lisa. Dig deep. This is your favorite exercise. (laughs) All right. So favorite place or activity to get inspiration. Again, I have to say Belle Isle. That's where I go for inspiration. All right. Belle Isle. Um, Probably my studio. Okay. Home studio. Got it. Home studio. Belle Isle. Wow. Unmatched. Wow. Unmatched. Wow. And it keeps getting better and better. Mm. It's getting, you know, it's just, yeah. Favorite Detroit icon? Well, I can, I'm going to say a person this time, and I don't know why, but I, I do respect Eminem for being authentic to what he, you know, for his for his art. I don't know. I just feel like I said the fist earlier, but I, I'm going to say Eminem for being a Detroit icon. All that, right. I like it. You know, master. I'm going to say the um, on 94. I was telling Deidre earlier the um, football blue sculpture that was for the Super Bowl that was made, and you know I'm not I'm not so sporty, but I just love that it's 
it's sculptural and it's a football and it's blue and it just kind of makes me happy when I drive through and head <laughs> hey, to the airport. Go first place Lions right, right. now. Yeah. Right? I would, I, I guess it would be um, Barry Gordy. Okay. I guess it would be Barry Gordy. Motown founder. Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. I respect. That's a good one. All right. Favorite city other than Detroit to visit? Oh, I've got a few. Um, New Orleans. Okay. And New York and Paris. Chicago. Chi-town. Yeah. My, my old stopping grounds. I yeah. like that one. Good one. All right. So when you do go out in the city, where, where's your one spot? You got one night out in the town. Where are you going? Well, I Edit. like sweets. So I say for the love of sugar hey. over by Wayne State. That's, in, one of, that's in our building. Okay. Shout out to for love of sugar. Yes. Yeah. Good macaroons. Um, I would say Salatai and Pizza Popolis. That was like, mm. you know. Okay. <laughs> the All two. Right. I had to do two. <laughs> All right, this is the big one. This is like the this is the big question. I love the girl giggling. It's the best. All right, so here's the question. The number one question. You could meet any Detroiter, previous, Ooh. alive, not alive. One Detroiter that you can meet. Who's gonna be? Joe Louis or Cole Meong. Okay. Mm. I like it. Uh, I'm gonna pick Shepherd Fairy. Nice. Mm. This mural, and I ended up getting a print of his at the Peace and Justice Memorial opening in Montgomery, Alabama last year, and it was amazing to find I have an original print. Love that. Yeah, Rosa Parks. Oh, okay. Good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. I like that. I mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So some amazing answers and some amazing stories from some amazing women. It's been such a privilege to sit down and talk with all of you. So thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And for the friendship that you have, I wish everybody can see kind of the love <laughs> yes. that's going on on this yeah. table. Um, and it really is special for me to do this. So thank you guys so much for your thank time. Thank you for having us. Thank awesome. you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. For more information on Lisa Spindler, Deidre DSS Sense Smith, and Melissa Parks, check them out on Instagram. Their work and their images are amazing. Check them out. They're super cool. And thanks everybody for tuning into the part three of this very special three-part podcast series from EXPDET. Please make sure to write us a review and provide us some comments and feedback. If you want to check out what other amazing Detroit changemakers are doing in this great town, check us out at expdet.com or you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Mm-hmm.